We turn now to the subject of food, and in particular the cuisine of Spain. My next guest here on Emirates World has been researching and writing her latest book entitled simply The Food of Spain for around five years. And although I'm no expert on cookery books, I have to say this must be the definitive work on the subject. So, Claudia Roden, welcome to Emirates World. A real pleasure to have you here. Now, reading your book, it looks like a real labour of love. Is that what it was? It is, yes, a real labour of love. And I love doing it. I love the whole process of going out to the country, going out and meeting people, asking people uh, themselves what they eat, how they eat, and uh, also finding the story behind it because every region has another story. And, uh, and I always find that adds to the pleasure uh, of the taste of good food. Now, you've written previously on many books on, on cookery, uh, Middle East, uh, Jewish cookery. Why Spain? What was uh, special about Spain um, for you? Well, because uh, the whole Mediterranean for me is, uh, I feel it's my patch. I've been to Italy and the South and France, and, uh, but Spain for me had a particular interest. Um, uh, I felt uh, very moved emotionally at something that I tasted, something that I smelled, some, a word that I heard really went straight to my heart in a very unusual way. And the reason being that one of my grandmothers um, was a Judeo-Spanish speaking person. Uh, we were Jews of the Arab world. Uh, my family, three of my grandparents came from Aleppo, Halabis. We are real Arab Jews. On my grandmother's, maternal grandmother's side, she was uh, from Istanbul, but they were Jews who left uh, Spain in 1492 and continued to speak uh, uh, an ancient Spanish. And in Egypt, we used to hear Spanish lullabies. And also, we would eat food that was different from the food in Egypt or the food in Syria that we knew. The foods that we, uh, we ate in Egypt were usually from all kinds of places because Egypt was then very cosmopolitan, multicultural. People were from all over at that time. And, but her food and the food of her friends, who spoke also this Judeo-Spanish, uh, was special. And so suddenly I would see something, somebody cooking, doing something, and it would, I just thought, wow, this is my grandmother, this is this something from the very ancient past was there. So when you went back to Spain, did you feel almost as though you were going home in some yes, way? I felt I was going home. And because I could speak, uh, in Egypt we spoke many languages. At home we spoke French and Italian, because we had Italian nannies, or nearly all of us. from They were Slovene Italians. Uh, but we also heard Spanish and I have to say that I feel at home everywhere in the Mediterranean. And they always say, if you come from anywhere in the Mediterranean, you're never a stranger on its shores. And there is this something, something of the way of life, the way people behave, the way, the spirit, but also the food that is familiar. 
because although every country is very different, uh, there is something that unites. And of course, in Spain, there is this Arab influence that, because I was researching for years, Arab food, Middle Eastern food, uh, there I was discovering uh, foods that I knew came from Iran, from Persia. Uh, you know, there was this constant, apart from my grandmother, there was all that huge Arab influence that for me makes me feel at home anyway. <laughs> How long did you actually spend in Spain traveling around in the, in the different regions? Yeah, I, I didn't stay there. I kept coming back, but five years of research, uh, of going back. And I have, uh, I had met people before from Spain, and so I had contacts. But I have this way that I don't go with a crew. I don't go, because I don't go to do a television series, although I did once, uh, 35 years ago, for the BBC, <laughs> a Mediterranean series. Um, but so, uh, yes, I feel that I have friends in every region. And uh, uh, I always try to research the food that people cook at home, because now people are very interested in uh, what chefs do. And of course, I love eating what chefs do. It's always a surprise, especially in Spain. I was there when they were inventing, when they were doing this Nuova Cocina. You know, it was the new cuisine, Ferran Adria and everybody else. And so I found that extremely exciting and I loved it. But wherever I went, I would ask afterwards, uh, can you tell me how your mother would have done this? And they weren't all that pleased, usually. <laughs> but the thing was that I always felt my work has always been to do the cooking that people cook at home. Now, as well as being a cookery book, this is also um, a history of Spain. I found it fascinating looking through. And I found out lots of interesting information about the, the history, the development of Spain over, over the years. Um, how much are the two things intertwined, the history and the and the Totally. And, and the cooking. Yes. There is, uh, I'll quote a, a Spanish writer called José Pla, a Catalan, who has a wonderful way of describing uh, cooking. He says, cooking is the landscape in a saucepan. And in a way, yes, it is. And you can see when it's mountain food or the seafood. Or, but in, for me, I always see history in the saucepans. I see the ghosts of the past in the saucepans. And uh, this is what fascinates me. And so I can study the history. I can study the, the church to see the influences of the aristocracy, the church, the peasantry. What were their life? What was the history here? What were the stories? And it all fits in with the food like the pieces of a puzzle. And so I know why this happened. Why did this dish come out the way it did? And there is always a reason and a story. Now, Spain is, if nothing else, a, a collection of regions. Uh, the, the North Atlantic Spain is obviously very different from Andalusia down in, in the south. Yeah. How much does, how much variation is there in yeah. regional cooking? Totally huge. And it's, it is, of course, the, um, uh, 
But what to me is, was strange is that Catalonia has much more Arab influence than, than the South. The South does have. And actually, there is now um, uh, a tourist routes. They call them uh, la, um, uh, El Camino Sefarad, is a Jewish um, road of where the Jews were. And now there's also La Rota del Califato. So you can go eating in various places and you will eat the food of before the, before the banishment. And, I, uh, and that's very fashionable now. And I've eaten quite a lot of things that chefs are now, the chefs are particularly interested. But what I found to myself was uh, when I go around any country, I always tell them, I want to know your, what is your favorite recipe? What are the dishes? I wanted to know everything about the recipe, how you cook and all that. And then I say, you know, I'm also interested in the history of food. But in Italy, in many countries, people are so pleased because they're interested, they're proud of their history. In Spain, people are terribly sensitive uh, because they're sensitive about their history. They're not happy about their history. And they're not happy about also somebody saying they're going to find their history in their cooking. And so when I would say, um, I, um, uh, I'm interested in history, somebody, I, went, I was at a dinner, a uh, very grand dinner, and the woman said, Claudia, I have, you must understand that we are of Roman and Visigoth uh, 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 heritage. heritage. And, you know, I didn't say anything. I just said, I'm interested in the history. And she said, uh, we are so, all you people come, you keep looking at all the, uh, all the, uh, Caliphate, <laughs> uh, all the architecture in the south, in Cordoba. And she said, have you been to Segovia? Did you see the Roman viaduct? You know, this is who we are. And I did say to somebody, an oil man, it's not oil petroleum, it's oil olive oil. I went to a big meeting of olive oil people. And to one of them, I said, I'm interested in the story and the history. And he said, um, uh, for many years, for, we were discussing what our culture was. Was it Arab or was it Roman? And after 30 years, we decided it was Roman. And actually, of course, they've got the Catholicism. They've got uh, the language is Roman, but the food is the influence is so obviously Arab. Not right up in the north, but in a large part of Spain, yes. Because even after the, yes, the Arabs were there, they're supposed to have left in 1492 or at the end of the, um, the 15th century or beginning of the 16th. Actually, they were there until the 17th century because they were there as converts. 
because those who stayed, not many, many, many stayed, and they had to convert. And so they became um, moriscos. It means they were converts from Islam um, into Catholicism. And then in the South, they had, um, at, soon after, because they felt they were slightly persecuted, because the priests kept coming to make sure that they prayed and that they were also not speaking Arabic and not wearing Arab clothes. I mean, there was a, an uprising in the South, and so the uprising was crushed. It was like a little civil war, and they were moved to the rest of Spain. And so uh, people who had been Muslims from the South moved to all the way up. And they were into all kinds of jobs, including uh, masons and builders, but also agriculturists, because the Spaniards themselves were never agriculturists. They were mainly sheep herders or sheep animal raisers. Uh, but so they needed uh, the people from the south to come and plant in the Rioja, in the, in the valleys. They brought all the methods of, of farming, of agriculture, but also the food, because they also became street vendors. Because it was one thing you could just do if you're moved from one place. And so I found that a lot of the tapas are actually the tapas that they would have cooked in the south, and, and they are the chickpeas and, and uh, spinach and kebab and all kinds of things that you can recognize are Arab. Now, most people going to Spain, they tend to go to the holiday resorts, yeah. the strips along the coast or yeah. to a holiday island like Mallorca or Ibiza. Can you get really good Spanish cooking in the holiday resorts or do you have to venture inland to find real basic Spanish yeah. heritage style cooking? I think for quite a long time, um, because the tourism was cheap tourism on the coasts, uh, that really a kind of cheap Spanish cuisine for tourists developed. Uh, and they would put all kinds of things in a paella, uh, you know, that the Spaniards wouldn't put. And some of the things were just for the look. <laughs> or, uh, uh, but so, yes, you might get really good. Because I suppose now a lot of people go there who care about food. I think the early tourists who first went to Spain were the people who, uh, first of all, couldn't afford much, and also people who couldn't care very much about what they ate. And now uh, tourists, and British tourists in particular, are very, very caring about what they eat, and they're very interested in local food. So I expect that if I went now, uh, well, I didn't actually go to the tourist spots for when I was doing my research, knowing then this what could be. But on the other hand, I did go to some tourist spots and had some really good food. So I shouldn't say, uh, I shouldn't say, um, but I think there could be 
a whole lot of dishes that grew because of tourism. For people wanting to try out some of your dishes, to have a crack at cooking Spanish food at home, what are the key essential ingredients to have in the, the larder? What would you yeah. get first? Uh, yes, so you'd have to have saffron, which uh, uh, I saw piles of it here. <laughs> uh, you'd have to have saffron. They don't, uh, uh, and uh, pimenton. Pimenton is this kind of paprika. And actually, people now in England and elsewhere have got more and more addicted to chili. Uh, whereas there, there is only parts that do high chili, um, strong chili. Uh, they would prefer, in most places, less of it. Uh, but so, of course, you can put just whatever you like. But no, there isn't much spicing. The main flavors are cinnamon and, and uh, uh, orange peel, grated orange peel. When you've got a dessert that has grated orange peel and cinnamon, you can be sure it's Spanish. Just before we finish, um, Claudia, um most people, their favorite dish, you talk about a Spanish dish, and I happen to say it's the only dish that I ever attempt to cook myself at home, and that is a paella. What makes for you a good paella? And it's one of the dishes in, your, uh, in, in the book. Yes, uh, it's actually the stock, the stock in which the rice is cooked, and, uh, and the, the flavoring there. This is what is the most important part. But of course, there's whether it's chicken or seafood, I do love seafood ones. Um, but for me, it is the stock, because the, the rice is really important. Or uh, because you can make a paella with, with it's actually fideuada. It means of tiny vermicelli instead mm. of rice. Do you have to have a special sort of rice, or can you use any long-grain rice? Uh, no, it's not long grain. It's a uh, it's a round rice. It's a bit like like the Italian uh, carnaroli. Or they have many different kinds of rice, but none of them are long grain in Spain. So it's more like a risotto rice. It's would you a say? risotto rice you can use. Okay. And do you have yourself a favorite dish from the book? Um, I think it's a soup, a fish soup. A fish soup. Yes. Yes, I do love fish soups, but because you can put all kinds of things. But uh, yes, I did fee, uh, fall in love with one there. And also, there are especially Catalonia, uh, um, all the part, Valencia, all the part that was once Catalan lands. Uh, they have similar dishes, uh, but uh, they have special sauces, and their sauces are with with nuts and garlic and and um, and uh, those kinds of sauces are something that to me uh, makes their cuisine great. Now we're here in Dubai at the Literary Festival, and you mentioned saffron uh, a few minutes ago. Have you had a chance to look around Dubai? Perhaps go to the spice market. Yes, I bought, I bought quite a lot of saffron, and then I just wondered, because I bought from the very first shop, 
And then I saw everywhere piles of it. So I thought, it can't be the best thing. It can't be the real thing. Uh, but it, I, I smelt it, so it has a good, wonderful smell. Uh, but because in London, where I live, it is so expensive. And I get a tiny bit, you know, and I pay five or ten pounds. <laughs> so there I got quite a lot. So I'm just wondering, maybe it's not the best quality. I think it comes from Iran, and I think you can get different qualities yeah. here. So, but uh, did you like the spice market? I mean, there's, there's I the lots spice. of other spices yeah. there apart from saffron. Yeah, exactly. And um, I do love, because uh, I do still um, specialize in the Middle East and uh, Morocco and, and, well, all the Middle East and also Iran. And so I do love all spices. And I felt I would have liked to buy you know, I could have just gone and on buying all the things that I found. You'd have a very heavy suitcase going back. Yes. <laughs> Claudia Rodan, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you here today on this Emirates flight. And if you're a regular visitor to Spain and you want to find out more about the history, the culture of Spain, and the secret to cooking some marvellous Spanish dishes, then I can highly recommend Claudia's new book, The Food of Spain. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.